1: The first, degree.
2: first degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree. First degree.
1: The
3: first degree. You see it on the news, you see it on the
1: paper, you see it on Facebook. These things are supposed to happen in movies, not in real life.
4: I think the most tragic piece of this would have to be just the vulnerability of that Sammy had, I guess. The situation she was put in, and it's such an easy one that anyone would do. Any person with a child, with a niece, a nephew, even someone says they need you, and you go. Obviously, you don't go thinking you're going to get killed.
5: Hey guys, welcome to the First Degree, the true crime podcast that you might end up on. My name is Jack Vanek. I'm sitting across from my co-host, Alexis Linkletter, and Billy Jensen. And we were just chatting before we started recording. Well, no, we were looking through our reviews because Alexis is a maniac and likes to look at our podcast reviews. Was,
6: I I was actually just Googling myself because I, <laughs> I'm a psycho. A narcissist. Not a narcissist. I just, you know, psychopath. I'm sure we all do it. I know everyone who's listening has done it. And I came across something that I don't look at the reviews because Jack has a thing on our keychain that says, "Don't look at the comments and I don't look, yeah, until you do until I do because someone quoted me by full name in their <laughs> in their comment headline, which came up when I googled myself,
5: what so did,
3: what did it say? The
5: headline. I don't know if this is the same one. Cause the headline for that one was Alexis link letter must be stopped. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But the, so I, <laughs> I, Holly, I like,
3: Hollywood take note.
5: So I decided to screenshot a, a few, um, a few reviews to just, you know, replay on the podcast. So I don't know if this is the right, the same one. Cause it says Alexis link link letter needs to dot, dot, dot. Here's the thing. Great content. Awesome cast. However, it might also be Alexis Linkletter ASMR audition tape. Oh, she breathes heavily into the microphone as if she swam 14 laps around an Olympic-sized pool. And to top it off, her lip smacking slash eating while recording is not only unprofessional but utterly disgusting. Please stop. You're making a decent podcast unbearable.
6: First of all, thoughts. Thoughts are you can't tell who's lip smacking or eating. It's not just me. Second of all, the only reason the content <laughs> is halfway decent because is because I of kill myself. So thank you for the compliment in the content. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say. I really like that. You spun it around. That's yeah. Right. Because you spun it, it was. I mean, we did have sound issues in the beginning, which whatever. We didn't know what we were doing. We wanted to. It was a new ha- podcast. We, we didn't am- have the right equipment. Well, we had an amazing concept and we did what we had to do to make it. And I will take the criticisms and say thank you. I will work
3: on Lemon. it. Lemon lemonade from i
6: will work on it she's made some lemonade um so off of
5: that billy what day is it
3: there's a lot to choose from this day
5: (laughs) it is um what's a A and r a a asmr it's like people that get tingles from like certain sounds so it's like holy shit do you guys think listeners i have a career in that you might very well this person thinks that you do Oh
6: my god, thank you. Maybe they it's
3: would...
5: It's a better even compliment than I thought. Maybe they'd listen to your ASMR podcast of your heavy breathing.
3: I
6: didn't even know what that was, and I'm going to cash in. Thank you. You should.
5: Okay.
3: So right. it is quirky country music song titles day.
6: Ooh.
5: And
3: as you know, a lot of country music songs Are deal quirky. with murder.
5: Oh. They do. Don't
3: take your guns to town by Johnny Cash. Mm-hmm. Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. Basically a lot of Johnny Cash songs <laughs> yeah. when it comes down to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <Johnny> Cash <laughs> <songs>. <laughs> the Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. There's a lot of cocaine blues again by Johnny Cash. So there's uh that is a you know quirky, certainly. I mean uh uh uh, murder songs that and, and country music is one of those things that there are more songs about murder in country music than really any other thing, even Norwegian death metal, which actually does the murder themselves. If you ever want to Google it.
5: Interesting. So that's,
3: that's the, that's the one that I'm picking out of all of them. It's also national manatee day. <laughs>
6: It's a manatee. Manatee? Manatees are the most incredible mammal. I do love a manatee. They are like fat little, they're like fat seals, but they don't really swim. They just float on the surface of the water. Um, India, Africa, Florida, where you can find them. The Caribbean. And those who drive boats with propellers, you guys are the biggest... Um, manatee killers? Manatee injurers because they float up there or not they don't really swim they they're very buoyant Mm -hmm. and you guys hit them with your speed boats and it really hurts them but they are just lovely gentle creatures
5: truly are like the puppies of the sea
6: yeah they're like the they're the cute there's nothing like it there's no land mammal like it there is they're so cute
5: all right well happy manatee day guys and uh let's get into it let's get into it do we
3: not have a question
5: no, I feel like I, I replaced the question with the You replaced reviews. the question with the reviews about, Honestly, yes. a review
6: a day excites me. I kind of like the review a
5: day, and we'll too.
3: rotate
6: with the criticisms, except we might be reaching to find one about Billy. I know. Because he's the golden child. It's All of the
5: bad criticisms are... Me and, me and Jack. Bill, Billy is so wonderful. It sucks <laughs> he has to
6: dumb himself down for the other two and girls. And it's like, you're welcome, Billy, <laughs> is the truth of the matter. We won't get into it, but... <laughs> thanks
3: no that is guys- i would be listen i would be nothing without jack and alexis let's just thank you no but you know what's interesting right is now. that like
6: it's all women dragging us down it hurts my feelings i know and sticking it for billy and i'm just like dude where's your
5: camaraderie we're all,
6: we're all working really hard we're i think it's trying to bust our
5: ass you know and we're make doing something a- of we're ourselves. Doing our
6: best so we're trying yeah we're trying but anyways billy take it away take it away
3: so today's play today's case, excuse me, takes place in Manchester Township in Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, which is a small town along the Susquehanna River.
6: That's true. <laughs> so we're dealing essentially with the suburbs of Pennsylvania, okay, is what what's happening here mm-hmm. so on April nineteenth twenty fifteen. At 4.25 p.m., the Wrightsville Borough Police were called to the 100 block of Chestnut Street by a woman named Angelica, who was worried about her sister, Sammy Young, and what was happening with her. So the home in question belonged to a
5: 21-year-old named Marcus Bordelon, and he was the father of Sammy's one-year-old baby. Sammy didn't show up for work, and her sister went looking to see where she was. Because Sammy was a super responsible girl. Not showing up to work was like super uncharacteristic of her. And Angela knew that her sister Sammy would have been at this house because it's the home of her her baby's father. And Marcus had the baby the previous night. So Sammy would have come at some point to pick her up. And when she gets to the house, Marcus is behaving super strangely and refuses to let her in. And that's when she decided to call the police. Which
6: makes sense. I mean, it's like, I'm just seeing where Sammy is. You don't know where your sister is. Yeah. and You go to the
5: boyfriend's house. He's acting really fucking weird. Like, makes sense. Exactly.
3: Yeah. So the cops arrive. They approach the home. They look inside. They find Marcus. He's on the floor with a knife and a stun gun next to him. Marcus and Sammy's one-year-old daughter, Artia, was also in the home in another room. And that's not all. So Marcus was covered in blood. And there were pools of blood all over the floor, which it looked like he was attempting to clean up. So police rush into the home looking for Sammy. And they follow this trail of blood through the house and then outside of the house to this shed behind the house. And they find her body, which was half clothed, in a shed which was locked in the backyard. And it looked like she had been dragged into there.
6: So... The police could see clearly that Sammy had been stabbed many, many times. She had stab wounds and cuts all over her body, including clusters of stab wounds to her back and wounds to her neck, head, chest, arms, and legs. And an autopsy, revealed that stab wounds penetrated her heart, both lungs, her liver, and her diaphragm, according to Dr. Michael Johnson, who was the forensic pathologist who conducted this autopsy. And it was ultimately ultimately concluded that she had suffered at least 49 stab wounds, possibly more. And I was reading that they had a hard time counting them because there were so many. Oh, God. And he explained that these clusters of wounds with, they commingled pathways and they made it difficult to count the wounds with certainty, as I just mentioned. She also had many post-mortem injuries, as, you know, Billy mentioned, dragged face down from the home to the shed.
5: So, Sammy's sister had already been at the scene. She was the one that called the cops. And this is obviously any family member's worst nightmare. And it starts, the news starts to spread to the rest of her family.
7: A side investigation is underway in York County from Wrightsville, where we know one woman is dead. Police have released the identity of that woman. Police here in Wrightsville Borough were investigating a homicide that took the life of a daughter and a young mom. For most of the evening, family and friends of Samantha Young stood near a crime scene, hoping their loved one was not a murder victim.
3: I just want to see my daughter. You know, just to make sure that 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 is my daughter. I just want to see her.
7: Their worst fears were confirmed. According to the Wrightsville Borough Chief of Police, 21-year-old Samantha Young was found dead inside a home on Chestnut Street. Police say a person of interest has been placed in police custody. Samantha's dad, Theodore Young, is still trying to process losing his youngest child.
3: Oh, she's my baby, so, you know, she's a great mother. She's a great person. You know, eh, sometimes, you know, daughters think, so, you know, you gotta get mad at them sometimes, but just all-around great person.
7: Tonight, police are not releasing much information about this situation, and they have not released any information about the person of interest they have in custody right now.
3: So the victim in this case is Sammy Young. She was 21 years old. She had graduated from Eastern York High School in 2012. She played field hockey all four years of high school. She did art. She loved reading. She loved animals. She would always, you know, save animals. And the, the biggest thing was that she was the best mother that any any child could ever ask for.
6: Right. And so the resident of the home that the police were called to was Marcus borderline and he was immediately arrested and taken into custody and charged with sammy's homicide and right away he starts confessing and laying out the disgusting in my opinion events that led to sammy's murder and let's start with how sammy ended up in that home so marcus lured sammy to his chestnut street home by telling her something was wrong with artea who's their one year old daughter who was visiting and staying with him the night before And he told officers that he and Sammy ended up getting into a verbal argument that escalated when she was inside of the home. And when she tried to leave the house, he used a knife to keep her from leaving. And Sammy was initially subdued by the stun gun that Marcus had used on her. And he used it, obviously, from keeping her from running out of the house when she realized she was in
5: danger. Right. And we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit and get into um, the background of their relationship. So they started dating a few years prior and Marcus ended up getting Sammy pregnant, which obviously makes the relationship more serious immediately. And six months before Sammy was murdered, Sammy and Marcus purchased the house that Marcus was living in um, together, the house in Wrightsville. But the stress of moving in, them being so young, and having a new baby caused things to get pretty contentious between the couple. And the police were called a couple times, citing domestic uh, violence incidences. Um, And Marcus actually was arrested for slashing Sammy's tires after an argument that they had gotten into. So they lived in the same house for about a month before Sammy ended up moving back in her family Marcus didn't want to break up, and Sammy was the one that ended up ending their relationship. But shortly after the breakup, Sammy started dating somebody new, a guy named James Horn. And Sammy was apparently pretty excited about the new relationship.
3: So after they break up, Marcus falls back into the arms of his old girlfriend. And they were sort of on again, off again. Her name was Natasha Stover. And Natasha has been described as kind, compassionate, polite. She worked at Pizza Hut as a part-time server, and she also attended college at Lebanon Valley College. She wanted to be a physical therapist. But when she became involved with Marcus, Natasha and her friends said she noticeably changed. She started becoming manipulative and abusive. And at the time, Natasha was dating Marcus, and police said that Marcus had multiple girlfriends at the same time.
6: So I can see this kind of guy from a mile away. He's like uh, he's like a high school fuck boy mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, you're always you're messing with girls in different grades. You're making you feel crazy. And at the time, you're he's probably like pitting the girls against exactly. each other. You're 15, 16. Like this happened all the time in my high school. Right. And they just grew up to be adult fuck boys, which is fine. They exist. We need them to appreciate the good ones. <laughs> but I can see that that's obviously is what Marcus says. Right. So, for our first-degree connection today, we have Brooke, who was best friends with Natasha Stover growing up, and she was obviously also in the same school as Marcus and knew him as one of her best friend's boyfriends for many years.
4: Natasha was a really good friend growing up. We did uh, a lot of sports together and also uh, sang in our school choir together, and so um, she was really nice and sweet the whole time growing up, definitely she, uh, she was about my height, so she was pretty average height, five by five, five six. Um, She had a really strong body type. She also threw shot put and played softball, so you can kind of get that, that feel of how she looked that way. Um, growing up, like I said, really nice. Um, her family was always uh, at all of our events, super caring. Um, she was always definitely a little bit more insecure than kind of everybody else who i was friends with but other than that she pretty much fit right in um can't say she had i think marcus might have been the first boyfriend that she had and that always was something that bothered her kind of growing up but other than that she was pretty standard high school girl i think i met natasha in maybe second or third grade, and then this was all the way up in, I think, ninth grade is when she met him. I can't remember exactly too much about when it started, but I know that when she started talking about this relationship, everyone was a little bit confused. Um, Marcus, in appearance, was a pretty small guy, and so just by high school standards, they didn't exactly physically like stand out as a couple that you would expect and um other than that it was definitely a weird relationship she kind of got overly involved in that like did kind of dove in head first into that so she definitely got a little bit more removed the more um, or the longer that they dated uh remember she talked about her and him having a lot of sex and i mean we were 14 that wasn't the norm at least where i am from not too many of us were doing that so we were nobody really had a lot of background or experience to kind of talk with her about that stuff um like i said she did she did sports year-round she was really into that she was strong and athletic she seemed really excited about her future and about all of that until she did get involved with marcus and then i think her dreams got a little smaller um but definitely it was strange a lot of us didn't really get it but we did just kind of listen she seemed happy so we didn't interfere too much. My older sister actually overlapped with all of us in high school for one year, and she was in a pretty different crowd than me. I did um, cross-country and chorus and everything, and so I did a lot of the same things that Natasha was doing, and my older sister was kind of a stoner, so kind of wildly different sides of that spectrum. And weirdly enough, we both knew of Marcus mostly just because he kind of was pretty standoffish and just gave everybody a strange vibe so that was kind of the overlap that we had there. Like I said he was kind of smaller in stature and really quiet and he I honestly went went to school with him for a few years like I said we lived in similar areas of our town and I honestly to this day don't think I've ever heard him say any words. Just really quiet, and the group that he hung out with was really outspoken and bubbly. And then he was just always kind of seemed like he was up to no good. He always had that kind of look on his face and just didn't ever say anything.
6: So, obviously, Natasha and Marcus seem to have one of these relationships that we've all kind of observed in high school those people who are together throughout the duration of high school mm-hmm. in this really tumultuous thing. And he obviously, at some point, cheats on her with Sammy gets her pregnant and he decides to actually try things with Sammy and that's got to be kind of devastating so I was curious and I asked Brooke I mean that's upsetting and how did uh, Natasha handle that?
4: It seemed like Natasha thought that she was still with him she talked about him cheating on her with these other girls one of them being Sammy but from the outside it definitely looked like Marcus was with Sammy but Natasha didn't seem to know that their relationship was over she was she was definitely really upset about uh, the pregnancy, and like I said, he she felt like he was cheating on her. in hindsight, I think he probably was stringing her along a little bit. I think that he maybe didn't make it as clear as he should have that that wasn't gonna continue, especially if he was buying a house and having a baby with somebody else. he definitely it doesn't seem like he made that cut. like he told her, this is done. I'm doing this now. Um, but yeah, she she definitely didn't come to school every single day. She was visibly upset a lot more uh, withdrawn than she used to be. Um, and I was at our high school prom in 2014, which I'm not sure exactly when Marcus actually graduated, but I know that he was supposed to graduate in 2012 and Sammy in 2012 as well from a different school. And I know that they had planned to be at that prom. So it was kind of a weird...
6: Visit therealreal.com and use code FIRST at checkout for 20% off. Terms apply. Okay, so that was kind of the layout of Natasha and Marcus's relationship. But let's refresh where we are now in the investigation. Marcus is in custody. Sammy has been murdered, stabbed to death multiple times. And the police are in the throes of kind of the preliminary investigation phase. And they're trying to wrap their heads around kind of this tangled web of relationships that Marcus has created and entangled himself in. So they know Marcus has a girlfriend named Natasha, you know, that he has a baby with Sammy. And, you know, she is the focus of this investigation. And, of course, they want to speak with Natasha because they want to just know Mm -hmm. they want to gather all the information they can. But it's becoming clear that Marcus is kind of dating several several women at once, and they know that they have a lot to deconstruct.
3: Yeah. And as the interrogations are going on, a woman walks in, a young woman walks into the Wrightsville Borough Police Department, and her name is Lacey Sauer. And she says, You know what? I was dating Marcus. So, okay.
6: Another one. I am but, dating. I am dating. My God. Uh, yeah.
3: And you know what? I'm pregnant. With Marcus's child. Jesus Christ. Oh my God! But that's not all. She says that you know what? Marcus sent me a text message on April eighteenth, which said simply, "quote I'm going to kill someone."
5: So obviously, the next thing the cops do, they're pulling up his text records because
6: the April eighteenth is a is a day before Sammy's murder. The murder, right. yeah, exactly.
5: So, obviously, what they find is going to be disturbing. And they first found these normal text conversations between him and Natasha. They're talking about dinner plans. They're talking about classes. And in between that, they find some texts about them conspiring to kill more than one person. And the first exchange that they find out, Marcus was asking Natasha about incapacitating someone with Demerol, which is a pain medication, in addition to chloroform. And then over the course of the next few months, they were conspiring to kill not only Sammy, but her boyfriend, James Horn. So those weren't the only two people that he was talking about killing. They're also talking about killing Lacey Sauer, the current girlfriend. Current other girlfriend.
6: Okay. So he's he wants to kill Sammy, he wants to kill James Horn, and he wants to kill Lacey. Lacey. Okay.
4: I... They were, there were so many texts that I was just like shocked. That, I mean, people make those little comments like, oh, I want to kill him. And you're just like, okay, because it's not, most of the time, it's not serious. But then when it's a whole conversation with plans, it is definitely that feeling like, why was, why did that never kick in? Like, hey, this is wrong. We're not actually going to do this. Or, and then also just kind of from the other side of things, devil's advocate, like, it was just very obvious to leave that text trail. So that just struck me as odd too. That's like the easiest way to get yourself in trouble when you're planning all this horrible stuff that it just seemed really disgusting, but also like kind of stupid at the same time, like not well thought out. It's not at all the person that I knew to be Natasha. And like I said, we grew, we kind of grew apart those last couple years in high school, just me being back and forth between where I lived then and my hometown. But that was just not at all the Natasha I knew that wasn't something that I could ever even fathom her saying in seriousness or in just getting sucked into this. She really was shocked and almost in disbelief that she would be involved in that, not just like by chance, but kind of willingly and wantingly.
6: So the first plan that Natasha and Marcus seemed to have put any real thought into was this conspiracy to kill Sammy's boyfriend, James Horn. So per the text, it seemed that Natasha originally devised a plan to follow James home from the local bowling alley and kill him. Though the plan never came to fruition, police said that in preparation to carry out the plan, Marcus bought bleach, cable ties, a lock, and a baseball bat at a local Walmart.
3: Again, buying them all. At the same time, from the same store. Listen,
6: only buy no. a bat on your way to like the park to play baseball. Yeah, yeah. and then there's CCTV catching you to do it. Only buy a
5: lot. Don't even buy used, it. He probably has a credit card it, too, or,
3: or look around your house. You should have Bleach?
5: that stuff. Borrow it from your mom. For the love I mean, of, we God. don't need to give anybody yeah. ideas. But yeah,
6: right. Yeah.
3: So pretty, after pretty picking up these supplies, he expresses his anger with Sammy and asks, "Can we do this thing soon? Like, like, like let's go." And Natasha tells Marcus that she's fine with that, but told him to figure out Sammy's work schedule in order for us to start somewhere. She she wants a a starting place for this to, to how are we going to kick this thing off? So Marcus sends Natasha a text, which says, I don't know who to do first. He actually says IDK, who to do first, Lacey or Sammy. And in the message back, Natasha writes back that she knows that Marcus wants to kill Sammy more than Lacey, but that Natasha herself wants to kill Lacey more than Sammy. So this is your sort of typical lover spat when it comes to psychopathic lovers. (laughs)
5: Insane.
3: So texting, they... Um she says to him, IDK, BK. So uh, I don't know because... The, I'll, I'll do this <laughs> IDK, for you. IDK,
6: BK, you... <laughs> B-
5: B-
3: BC, yes. I don't know because you need me there, like for the other half with the car. So she's kind of laying it over him. Yeah. Like, all right, you know what? Maybe is,
6: don't do it without me. You this is, might need yeah, me. Yeah, yeah.
3: And, and so con- starting... Out, so continuing with the conversation, Natasha tells Marcus that she doesn't want her to do it on on by himself. She wants to be there. And the police are going to see... Them talking about the murder in their text messages, which they really should have talked about beforehand. I
5: mean, and Not also don't talk about that in the text messages.
3: Don't talk. Yeah.
5: Don't talk about how police are going to see don't your talk text in the Don't text. talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Right.
3: So she continues on insisting that the whole thing is going to take really, really careful planning. And to avoid getting caught, she warned him. That, you know, you're going to be the prime suspect. So we really need to be careful with all of this. So
5: let's continue about it. As they're talking on text. (laughs) It's just insane. Surreal. So two days later at 12.50 in the morning, their texts are continuing. Marcus texted Natasha to say that Sammy was at his house and he asked, should I do it now? Natasha replied that she didn't know. Marcus then told Natasha that he can, quote, can do it now and leave her in the basement and put her car in the carpool spot natasha said she didn't want him to do it alone and in a series of following messages she repeatedly asked marcus to wait for her and warned that he would be caught it's just so weird to beg somebody to want to be involved in a
3: murder yeah <sighs> like i want to do this
6: like, uh, you need me,
5: don't you, do it you without need me. me. Yeah,
3: don't do it without me. It's
6: not like, don't go to this n- cool new bar without me. You guys, it's like, I can't wait till we get to the point of this discussion where we get into the minds of these people because it's like, they totally lost sight of reality. It's odd. It's very odd. Mm-hmm.
5: So then at one twenty-five in the morning, Marcus sends a text saying, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm going to do it soon. And eight minutes later, police say that he called Natasha and told
6: her to come to his house. So- all in all, the police found more than 15,000 texts between Natasha and Marcus discussing the planning of these murders oh my God. over the course of months. and Unsurprisingly, after this, I mean, Marcus is already in custody. Natasha was arrested and charged for the part she played in Sammy's murder, too.
2: A second arrest is made in the death of a 21-year-old York County mother, and the details are disturbing. And this is the home where Samantha Young's body was found. It's boarded up now. Her ex-boyfriend lived here. He was arrested shortly after her death in April, but now police are saying this case involves several other people. Three people who could have also been killed and one other who police say helped plan Young's death. Six pages is on the longer side for charging documents, but that's how much needs to be explained about the second arrest and the Samantha Young murder. The 21-year-old's body was found locked in a shed at her ex-boyfriend's home in Wrightsville in April. Marcus Bordelin was arrested. The two had a one-year-old daughter together. Now, Natasha Stover, also from York County, is locked up, charged with attempted homicide and conspiracy. Police paperwork outlines text messages between Stover and Bordelin, spanning four months, outlining the pair's plans to kill three people. James Horn was first. He was Young's new boyfriend. Police say the pair staked out his routines. Borderland even bought bleach, cable ties, a lock and baseball bat according to police. Text messages retrieved on phones include, quote, I just want this guy gone. I want her to feel how miserable I was when all of this happened. But then, the plan shifted to Young. Police say Stover was not at Borderland's home when he killed Young, but did buy supplies to clean up blood and help move her car. No comment! A woman at Stover's home did not want to speak with us. A third almost victim, Lacey Sauer, did speak to us online. Documents say Bordelin and Stover also talked about killing her. She was Bordelin's current girlfriend, who is now pregnant. It's all just really tragic and scary. And tonight, now both Stover and Bordelin are in the York County prison.
6: So once Natasha was in police custody, they learned that Natasha went with Marcus to move Sammy's car after the murder to the park and ride along Route 30 in Pennsylvania, after the murder. And she drove him to Home Depot to buy a bag of agricultural lime, two bricks, and two bottles of bleach to help clean the blood in the house. What do you do with lime and What's two lime? bricks? What's agricultural lime? Lime is what oh, lime. they use to cl- They use yeah. lime to clean.
3: No, no, no. You use it to clean, but it also disintegrates. So oh. you, uh, put, acid. you put lime on bodies, it's kind of like acid, and then it...
6: What are the bricks you know. for? Yeah, I, that I don't know. What are the bricks for, Billy? Two
3: bricks? I don't know. I don't know what two what you would do with two bricks, lime uh, yeah. and
6: bleach. Yeah. That's well. The bleach is probably for the blood or whatever, but the the bricks are confusing here. Anyways, so Natasha's in custody, and she eventually starts just confessing. Yeah, and, and she, she starts singing. She's yeah, so she kid.
3: starts telling one of the officers. Obviously, the first thing she's going to say is that I'm pregnant with Marcus's child. <laughs> Aswin does, but we you know the article that we pulled this info from, they weren't able to confirm whether or not that was true or not.
6: And then we never saw anything again. Never saw any of the other research, right? So whether that's true or not, unsure. Don't know.
3: So she's charged with homicide. She's charged with tampering with evidence, abuse of a corpse, obstruction, and then criminal conspiracy on each count. Marcus is charged with first degree murder, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, obstructing the administration of law, and abuse of a corpse and conspiracy. And they're both held in York County Prison no bail and they're waiting a preliminary hearing. Yikes.
6: All right. So what do we think as far as motives? All right. Well, let me just point one thing out. Is that so Natasha was, all right, let's talk about how James Horn, Sammy's new boyfriend was the first target. And it's Mm -hmm. like, as Natasha, if I was like, I was like, you want to kill your new your ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend? Like, why am I... Do you
5: think that she was just going along with it to kind of get the other people involved? Because it's like she... Uh, from Natasha's mind, she obviously just wants to get rid of any sort of threat
6: in her relationship well, with Marcus. Which is why she want to get rid of Lacey more than Sammy. Because Lacey's, Lacey's pregnant yeah. currently. Yeah. She's probably the most recent ex. Yeah. Sammy had a baby. The, the baby was a year old. So that's like a lesser threat because it's like... yeah.
5: A year has passed, but maybe she was just jumping on the bandwagon if he like hated this James Horn guy and it was
3: like, okay, yeah, we'll do him this? and then we we'll do, do them too. Yeah, but James
6: Horn, it just means that he still cares about Sammy.
3: Oh, definitely. Sam, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
6: But the fact that she'd be like, cool, you're still, so, you're angry at your old right. Alexis. That These means people are very young. I know, but <laughs> wouldn't you be like, why are you so right, well, angry? Let, no, well, let, I like let, let's go back to old, that, we don't then. Think
3: like that. All right. So when you were a 17 year old. Yeah. And if you were with a boy that you liked and the boy said, I want to kill my ex-girlfriend's boyfriend. Yeah. And you were really, really into him, what would you do?
5: I mean, I wouldn't go along with I understand with that. Also, I they, were ar- tw- right. also they were 21. Okay. All right. So they're right. not but 16. Still, it's like you're younger, but it's okay. Obviously, motive is just jealousy in everybody's weird way not understanding the consequences of your action. Like, the fact that they were all... They had 15,000 text messages between the two of them talking about this murder, but then also being like, well, maybe we shouldn't be texting
6: about it. It's like they just don't understand the severity of what they're going to do. No. No. Or maybe they never intended to do it. I mean, I feel like 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 once they start buying stuff, I feel like, I mean, the 15,000 text messages, maybe some of them... Once you start buying shit, it gets real. Yeah, it
3: can can be... it can be construed as that. And that's one of the reasons why, that, you know, with uh, with Hanson versus Predator and all that stuff. What is that? They always. Chris just... Hanson with the. With oh. the yeah. To, okay, catch to catch a predator. To catch
6: a predator. To catch
3: a predator, but it was called Hanson versus Predator on, on Crime Much Daily. No, not yeah, for it, us. Was. Well, no. it was. Well, it was. So probably. the last version of it I was. I don't remember it. So they always would tell the perps who were coming to bring stuff. So they would... Uh, the Wine the, coolers, the, uh, condoms. Yes,
6: yes. <laughs> And then the girl would have Bo- cookies or Balloons, lemonade. Balloons,
3: you know? So they would always bring Mike's <laughs> Hard Lemonade and, uh, and McDonald's and condoms. And, condoms. <laughs> uh, and then they would come in because that showed intent. So yeah. I hear what you're and saying. And it corroborated
6: where, the text messages. Exactly. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: so bringing that, it's not just like, oh, I was just messing around with the text messages. Seeing them actually buying stuff Mm-hmm. That is like Alright that's one step closer to You really want to do yeah, this Yeah it's thing. not
5: just this like f- Sick twisted fantasy Between the two right. of them
6: Exactly And I did ask Brooke Why she thought Each of them What each of the roles were Like why did Marcus Want to kill Sammy And how did Natasha Get involved And to what degree Was she involved Um
4: I think that it was probably A mix of Of anger And jealousy Um Going back to just Marcus's personality as a whole, really quiet, but you definitely got that air of aggression. So I think he probably was just angry that I don't actually, I don't exactly know how him and Sammy split up, but I think he was probably angry that they weren't together anymore and angry that he had this baby with her and that she was kind of moving on and leaving that piece of her life behind. And then I think just touching back on Natasha, like I said, growing up, she was always really insecure. And I think she just found Marcus who was able to at least convince her that he loved her so much and he was the best thing for her. And I think she really just kind of fed into that. And she believed that that was the best that she could get and that he was everything she needed and I think she really was just willing to do anything in her power to to keep keep Marcus in her life and so I think that's probably how she justified it and how she got herself involved in that mess was just that little bit of teenage girl insecurity mixed with having that manipulative relationship. From what I read he kind of lured her in with the baby saying that the baby needed her. And I don't, I don't personally have any kids, but I am one of six sisters. And so I just can't even like, it makes me sick every time I even think about it because no one is just not going to go. And then, I don't know, just her family seemed so uh, like they didn't even know where to put that grief. It was just so much surrounding it. I didn't know Sammy, but Of course, like I said, at that time, I mean, Facebook was huge, so was getting kind of the facts from these news articles, but also the reaction from people that knew her, people that didn't know her, people kind of from all sides of this story, and it just seemed like the entire town, even extending past that to the town where where she was from just seemed like they were grieving her, not only for her life but also just the circumstance because that is something that I think really could happen to any young woman or man with a child. I mean, you say they need you and you're going to go. Yeah, the nature of the way that Marcus killed Sammy is intense. I mean, stabbing someone that many times is not... You stab someone once and a lot of people are like, oh shit, I what did I just do? But stab them that many times in a row is almost, I feel like you almost have to be in a a state. You're not in your right mind when you do that. And so just imagining all of that play out is really like the most intense part of it for me.
5: Marcus goes to trial first and initially pleads not guilty to the charges against him, including first-degree murder, kidnapping, tampering with, with evidence, obstructing the administration of law, Abuse of a corpse And conspiracy But due to the cruel And gruesome nature Of the crime And the conspiracy And planning He was facing The the death penalty <laughs> That
6: is the uh, sound Of the death penalty <laughs> To <laughs> people <laughs> <laughs> facing <laughs> it Yeah That's stressful Yay uh, The death penalty Though in fact Was not Is not that common In Pennsylvania So but What this says Is like this is They're taking it Really seriously Because it was such A brutal Disgusting thing to do yeah
4: so i got the the notifications whenever something new came out but really it just it kind of stressed me out imagining her in in this situation someone my own age that shared a lot of characteristics that we did all these things together it just it kind of like gave me an overall sense of anxiety anytime i thought about it so i didn't follow it incredibly closely i did check in on it every few months to see what had been decided for both of them, but mostly kind of on the side of Natasha. And then, of course, when they started throwing around the death penalty for Marcus, I kind of started following a little bit more closely because I know that's not a super common punishment in Pennsylvania. So definitely was uh, interested in seeing how all of that played out. I haven't exactly made up my own opinion on the death penalty yet. Uh, but I, I don't think it would have been unfair, especially just how many, how many lives he really affected, not just him and Natasha and Sammy and the baby, not just the people directly involved in this crime, but also all of the people in Sammy's life, all of the people in Natasha's life that he, he took these two from. And, um, so I don't think it would have been. An unfair punishment, uh, but I don't know that I can say that I think he deserved it. But um, definitely was a little bit shocking to imagine somebody that I knew up against that death penalty.
6: So, as Jack, um, she had a premonition about it and she predicted that due to the fact that the death penalty was on the table the psychic <laughs> marcus pled guilty to the charges against him presumably to avoid that so he was ultimately sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for the first degree murder of sammy young he was also sentenced concurrently to 10 to 20 years for conspiracy to commit obstruction of justice and 6 to 12 months for abuse of a corpse so he's not getting out of jail Mm-mm. But he did decide to speak in court after sentencing, and he said that he hopes his guilty plea and sentence will help bring closure to Sammy's family, continuing, quote, I refuse to seek professional help. Out of shame for what other people would think of me, I'm truly sorry for my selfish choices. I have searched the depths of myself. I can't say how or why I let myself commit this unbearable act.
1: Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.
5: Natasha also pleads guilty to to criminal conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, obstructing the administration of law. She was sentenced to 12 and a half to 25 years and the jail time for Natasha and Marcus doesn't bring Sammy back. And now Marcus and Sammy's baby has no parents. And that, I mean, that's the biggest travesty of like the entire story. And Lacey Sauer was again, still pregnant and he's sure just left a trail.
6: Yeah. So he's got a baby with Sammy who now has no family. Sammy was 21 years old and I mean, Lord knows what kind of future she could have had. Yeah, Natasha's life is ruined. Um, I mean, she's involved. I'm not absolving her responsibility in this, but Lacey's pregnant with his baby and her baby doesn't have a father and the his actions have a ripple effect that yeah. TBD on that. You know, like parents children without supervision without parents, you know, have more likelihood of getting into trouble themselves. It's just a fact.
3: Absolutely. And the the idea that, you know, this is, even though they were 21, it's young love.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Doing anything you can for the person that you love. And this is somebody that, these, these weren't 20-year relationships. These were fairly newer relationships. Yeah. What do you guys see with that? Um, have you guys ever been in a relationship where you were just like, you know what? I was so into this guy. Yeah, if he would have told me to do something, not necessarily murder, but possibly murder, I would have been like, yeah, go ahead and do it.
6: No. I don't think so.
5: I was i was never in love. Well, n- number one, that would just never happen in my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. But I also was never in love when I was young. Or I was never in like a crazy, all-encompassing situation like that when I was that young.
6: I was between like... Jack, you observe one of my relationships that I was just like... Yeah, you were all in. All in but not... There was nothing in... The, there was unhealthiness in that, like, I was, it was in like love a, with him. It was like a masochistic unhealthiness. Yeah, it but wasn't there was like no, you'd commit a murder. No, but he wasn't even a shitty enough guy for that. Like, there was no one <laughs> asking anyone to do anything illegal.
5: <laughs> and that's like... I mean, it comes down to common sense that,
6: God oh, forbid, yeah. it's like
5: you'd get involved with somebody that would talk about that it would just be like, okay, bye. No,
6: it's unspeakable.
3: Yeah. You know? I mean, we look at, at the one... The the thing that, that's reminding me here and is completely different. But when you think about the one story that they make us read that make everybody read in junior high or high school is Romeo and Juliet, right? Mm-hmm. And you got I two didn't. You didn't? I didn't have to Wh- read that. Why? You didn't? Okay. I read the
6: color P- purple and like okay. mice and men. I didn't okay. read that one. All
3: right, but well, we read we read uh Romeo Actually, and Juliet. I remember reading it Yeah.
6: we know it, but I think that was I think I just watched your time. The movie. That
3: was in my time. In the 1500s. I didn't,
6: you said <laughs> it, you not got, me. You experienced it real time. You Are you Romeo?
3: No, I'm not. Ro- Romeo dies. That's the thing. Spoiler alert. Romeo dies. How she dies you? too because they both decide um, through a weird, wacky set of circumstances that if they can't be with each other, they should just kill themselves. And it's, it, it's, it's so strange that they let us read those books. And I wonder if they're letting kids read those books they're now. They're not. Because they stopped because we did didn't they, read them. Jared, did you? <laughs> Jared <laughs> says no also. Because do you think it's they like, hey, this is what Romeo This is what you well, do. I think his is the suicide. Yeah. This is what you do. And I remember they had us re- watch the Zeffirelli movie, which was great because it was this eighth grade. They have us watching the Zeffirelli movie, and there is a total boob shot, and there's a butt shot in there. And my teacher was so embarrassed. that really? was, She was, like, so upset. And just, like, how did you not know that this was, like, this was here? But everything was just, like, PG back then.
6: Don't know what Zeffirelli is, but really into the guy, um, Richie. Like the guy Bos- Ritchie. Was- uh, the Bos- Bos- Lerman. Lerman.
3: The Basilorman was good. One. I didn't yeah. know that there was another one. It was my so-called it was the, basically oh, that was the it? sequel to my so-called life. I
5: was wrong. What was Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. Why was it the sequel? Cuz it
3: had Claire Danes in it.
5: Oh, I was going to I was like thinking of Jared Leto. I was like he wasn't in that movie. No.
3: Jordan Catalano was not in that movie. He was not. He was in the Joker movie. Which he's not the Joker anymore by the way. He Jared decided Leto? to give out that role. Yeah, yeah. Oh, said, really? said yeah, he said no.
6: Oh, yeah. I didn't really think of that, because I don't care. Yep,
3: yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> Story of Jack's <laughs> life in a good way. In that So but basically though we get back to This is something I talked to Brooke about over and over in that, like, what, what sucked them in? Like, what sucked Natasha in? And it was, like, insecurity, first boyfriend, you know? um, You're so impressionable at
5: that age. And it's, like, you're, you're figuring out your, if it's your first love, you're, like, trying to traverse that. And you have all these, like, hormones and feelings and your brain's not developed. It's a mess. And I think it's a
6: matter of, like. Their children dealing with very adult things. And that, yeah. like, the fact that, like, Natasha's five year on again, off again relationship, boyfriend, she, he's having a baby with someone and they gets someone else pregnant. Those are very adult, serious things with a juvenile mind. Right. And you're like, your reactions to that, like, as an adult, I'm a level headed person and that would still be really upsetting. Yeah. If, like, someone cheated on me and got someone pregnant. And imagine oh, yeah. a, a really erratic, untrained emotional mind I mean I think she's just acting through her feelings and it's like I wish that person didn't fucking exist right you know because imagine I mean that would be really hard for any of us in this room yeah Jerry (laughs) (laughs) Jack Philly. but but that's the
3: thing it's just like with that snowball though it's like you saying that once and then opening up that door And then as that, as the snowball goes out the door and it keeps rolling down the hill Mm -hmm. and you start planning and you start doing this and it's like, how do you pull away from that?
5: Well, and I also wonder at what point, especially on her end, like at one, what point did it go from kind of like, again, like fantasy, conspiracy, like kind of like, you know, this will probably never happen. And then all of a sudden you're, you're buying lime. Like now you're, you're too far. (laughs) You're buying lime. And I wonder for her, it's like, did she ever want to back out? But
6: then again, she was the one that kept saying, don't do it without
5: me. Mm
7: Mm-hmm.
6: And it's like, does she want to stop? Did she not want it to happen? So she's like, don't, you know. But, I don't, but it doesn't seem like But like, did like he it. have so much control that she's like, I don't want to go against this plan because mm-hmm.
3: I I, it's mute. Yeah.
6: And it's also like mutiny. Like, he'll stop trusting me. Maybe I'll kill. Dude, he's trying to kill all of his girlfriends. What He's coming after you next. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things. But um, the idea that like, Jack and I text all the time. We vent, whatever. I'm like, I want to fucking kill so and so. Well, that's what I was thinking. In when- a child's mind, like, wh- does it start there? Yeah, and then it goes to like, yeah, okay, but how would we do it if we we <laughs> talked about this in the Thad Reynolds case? Yeah, um, way back where Thad and Mich- Michelle, I think her name was, was like, haha, we'd poison their spaghetti. Like, yeah. and it, it starts with this like hypotheticals, like harmless. Right. We'd never actually do. Yeah, it. yeah. when does it cross well, the line into when you buy plans. something?
1: Yeah. Well, that's
3: is it when you buy something. <laughs> that's it? a re- that's a really interesting question. So it becomes when you tangible guys, when you guys are texting each other and saying, "I want to kill this person." We don't do I, this a lot. Yeah, sure you don't. Jack
1: just is
6: like. Who cares? I'm like, you're right.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just but, don't
6: think about them anymore. But, I'm like, then, you're right. You're right.
5: Okay. And,
3: and then sometimes you might say, what if there was an accident or something like that? But, no. But, no. Getting, but okay. getting more... <laughs> of course, Billy would.
6: <laughs> Billy's projecting That's on a, us. That's
3: a line from Seinfeld. Come on. But uh, w- w- when it goes to... You're exactly right. When you go towards something that is uh, showing intent... which or is Googling. ...which is purchasing something or Googling, Googling something. Like, how yeah. long does
6: it take to die when... You know? Yeah. But I wonder how are you... Th- how...
5: Uh, if you're not a psychopath and, like, you you have human emotions and you understand I, – I hope that they understand the consequences of an mm-hmm. act like murder. Like, what are you thinking when you're doing that, I, when, you are, when you are typing
6: in those words?
5: Yeah, and I
3: think it's – if it's just the person, I think they would pull back. I think if it's because yeah. it's two people, yeah. it's then like it's shared. harder.
6: Mm, I think Marcus is the –
3: yeah, but it's a sort of, I think they're playing off each other and they don't necessarily want, nobody wants to tell the other person that they're punking out.
6: Yeah, but uh, for, um, for the sake of just conversation, these are all people in Marcus's orbit. Yeah. These are none of Natasha's people. Yeah. It's not like Natasha's ex. No, or yep, yep. Like this is Marcus's other girlfriend who's pregnant. And his other girlfriend. And his, and his, his girlfriend, girlfriend who has a baby with it. it. And like the girlfriends, it's like these aren't Natasha's people. And I feel like she's been, she's responsible. And I'm not absolving her of her her role in this. But I feel like emo- she's been emotionally hijacked and that she's so committed to this. Mm-hmm. And like she's a child and was like, whatever he wants type of thing. And he's obviously what's so interesting is they talk about him being so small or whatever. But like he's got all these women fucking wrapped around his finger.
4: To me, the way it reads is that maybe they did talk about it casually in in the way that, like I said, sometimes people are angry and they say things that they obviously don't mean and would never follow through for most people. I think that it probably started as that and then spiraled and then almost felt like it was something that he had to do. And that's kind of how it reads to me. And then I think Natasha maybe was naive and immature and didn't realize it was gonna happen until it did. And then she was involved and didn't really have a way out. I think the most tragic piece of this would have to be just the vulnerability of, that Sammy had, I guess. The situation she was put in, and it's such an easy one that anyone would do. Any person with a child, with a niece, a nephew, even, someone says they need you, and you go. And you don't, obviously, you don't go thinking you're going to get killed, thinking that this person that is supposed to love that child as much as you do is planning to hurt or kill you for whatever reason i think just the fact that it wasn't random but it really could happen to anybody is just the most tragic piece of this and then now that baby is left without a mother or a father and kind of has to carry this weight that she shouldn't have ever had to carry
6: So of course, Sammy's family was devastated by losing her, and they decided to pay tribute to her in a really cute and special way. It was a group of us. It was my aunt, my brother, which is Samantha's brother, and my one stepsister. We just decided we wanted to get something before Samantha's funeral.
5: So we each got the domestic violence tattoo. My brother got one with punching bags on top of it on his chest. My stepsister got one on her ankle with beads around, and I just got one with a halo just because she's up there watching us. It rem- I'll never forget Sammy, but it's a constant remembrance of the fight that she went through to go through this horrible, and it's for somebody else to look at and remember. It's a constant remembrance of her to be there with us.
6: And I didn't get a date because I don't want to remember the day she passed away or anything like that. I just want to remember her as the unique, colorful phoenix that she is. Well, I cried on the way home after my tattoo. And I, like, I look at it a lot and think about it. It just, it means a lot. So the question obviously is... um, it's always could this be prevented? Because takeaway on this podcast is very important.
4: She was really insecure. I think Marcus was really her first, her first boyfriend, and just kind of pulled her in, and she she believed it. And I think that comes from that just young immaturity and insecurity. I think if she had met him now, maybe she would not have had that same feeling she probably wouldn't have believed that that was the end all be all for her. But we were so young when she met him and so young when this crime occurred that I really think it can be chalked up to just that immaturity and insecurity that is in so many high school girls. Yeah, I think, I mean, not that there's any one thing that could have stopped this, but I think that if, I mean, the relationship was ongoing. It was a long relationship between Marcus and Natasha, and there were all those pretty, pretty stereotypical red flags of manipulation and emotional abuse. And I think that if we taught more people about it and we made it uh, less of a taboo topic. I think if more people knew what to look for and knew what resources were out there for people who are in those situations, it could have maybe been stopped if there was someone who knew more into what how Natasha felt about herself or how Marcus become had become such a, a big piece of her life, such a, a force in her life. Then maybe they could have helped her through that, helped her gain that confidence that she realized, hey, I don't need to be involved in with someone who has these thoughts, who has these feelings and wants to do these actions. I think that if we just knew a little bit more about what to look for and how to help people when we do see it, I think that would be the cautionary tale, if any.
6: And Brooke mentioned, you know, um, She doesn't know if it could be prevented. She thinks Natasha's involvement could have been. Natasha's, Mm -hmm. the loss of her future could have been spared.
5: Right. And I guess the question on my mind is, do you think if Natasha wasn't involved in kind of, egging him on is the wrong word, but like um, supporting him. Enabling. And enabling him, would the outcome have been the same? Or do you think that he would have
3: and that's always that. the question that you have with couple killers yeah. is that it, would they have done this on their own you see that with charles Starkweather and caroline fugate which was the subject of the the song nebraska from uh from Bruce Springsteen i know that jared knows the song nebraska from bruce springsteen but you guys Jared's probably nodding. don't <laughs> i don't know but um you know even like the barbie the barbie killers i mean yeah. it, it's always would they have done this was this a combustible thing where there were, the, there were these two ingredients that were benign by themselves mm-hmm. and then they get together and then they become explosive.
5: Yeah. Mm. I'd be interested to see, um, more of those text message exchanges between them to see who seemed like they were kind of like mm-hmm. leading the conversation.
6: Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, these were all people in kind of Marcus's thing, like Marcus's girlfriend, Marcus's or the boyfriend. world. Right. Um, but like, did Natasha's jealousy of these people also feed into it?
5: That's what I'm wondering. I mean, yeah, because we were kind of talking about that mm-hmm. before, where obviously he's more to blame for many reasons. But well,
6: as he was there, and Natasha wasn't there when it happened. Right, as he was the one that stabbed Stabbed, stabbed her. So it was, it was kind of fantasy for her until she helped yeah. after the fact. Helping right. to move the car and helping to buy stuff to clean it up. Yeah. Is is bad. And you're also kind of in survival mode of like helping your man, like Bonnie and Clyde. And I'm probably, you're feeling really bonded and tight yeah. at those moments. You're like Oof. your baby mama's gone. It's disgusting. But when you actually look at who did what, I mean, there's a reason he got life without parole and she got 12 to f- 25 years. Of course. Yeah. And they're probably taking all this into account.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely. Definitely.
6: Well, <laughs> I mean, none of us feel good about this case and it's... It's another example of this um, domestic violence. I'm not going to call it a trend because it's not a trend. It's been happening forever. since happening the beginning of forever. time. Ever. Um, and we we see it. We see a like a a peak of it in most of the cases we cover. Mm-hmm. And it's never okay, and it's never going to be okay. And we're happy to shed light on it. Um, Sammy didn't have to die. That's for sure. Yeah. Her daughter didn't have to not have a mom. Lacey's kid didn't have to not have a dad. A dad. Um you know and it's just stop domestic violence i mean it's so depressing imagine losing your life at 21 you don't get to do anything
5: oh my gosh you don't realize how young you are (sighs) um
6: how did our first degree connection reach out to us um brooke i think found us on instagram or email i can't remember you guys it all blends together but brooke we appreciate you so much thank you you were an incredible interview and i really we all really appreciate it yeah
5: um, we actually really enjoy covering these lesser-known cases and bringing light to stories that might have otherwise been forgotten. So, reach out to us, um, yeah, if you have a story, and leave us a review on iTunes because we are in the thousands. Alexis Lingler cannot be stopped. <laughs> contrary to, <laughs> she con- cannot be stopped. Contrary to, um, our. uh, reviews yeah she can't Um, so yeah until next time keep your friends close but not that close
6: happy manatee day
3: oh the manatees
0: save the manatees this is a big year the Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary 50 years of excitement of growing jackpots and crossed fingers 50 years of funding for schools of changed lives and brightened days 50 years of fun